committing suicide. One who boards a board of stone is doomed. To be elevated to the stage of perfection, humanity must first give up false leaders who present boards of stone. All of human society is in such a dangerous position that to be rescued, it must abide by the standard instructions of the Vedas. The cream of these instructions appear in the form of Bhagavad Gita. One should not take shelter of any other instruction, for Bhagavad Gita gives direct instructions on how to fulfill the aim of human life. Lord Krishna therefore says, Give up all other processes of religion and simply surrender unto me. Even if one does not accept Lord Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, his instructions are so exalted and beneficial for humanity that if one follows his instructions, one will be saved. Otherwise, one will be cheated by unauthorized meditation and gymnastic methods of yoga. Thus, one will board a boat of stone which will sink and drown all its passengers. Unfortunately, although the American people are extremely eager to get out of material chaos, they are sometimes found to patronize the makers of stone boats. That will not help them. They must take the proper boat offered by Krishna in the form of the Krishna Consciousness Movement. Then they will be easily saved. In this regard, Sri Vishnu Chakravarti Thakura comments Ashmaya Maha Plavo Kesham Tejata Majantam Plavam Anumanchanti Tateti Raja Niti Upadreshtushu Swa Sadhyeshu Koko Vyajan Jihaha. If this society is guided by political diplomacy, with one nation maneuvering against other, it will suddenly sink like a stone boat. Political maneuvering and diplomacy will not save the human society. People must take to Krishna consciousness to understand the aim of life, to understand God and to fulfill the human mission. Om Ajnana Tamirandasya Jnanam Janashalakaya Chakshurun Militam Tasmai Shri Gurave Namana Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Tadati Svatadamtikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Uttar Padakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatham Vitamtam Sajeevam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Satitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakam Vitamsha He Krishna Karna Sindhu Dinabando Jagatate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostude Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Rade Vrinda Vaneshari Vrishabam Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Pyananda Sri Advaitra Sri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare
So here we can see the head of the demigods, Lord Indra, being overcome by uh, false ego, did not offer respect which is due for his spiritual master. It's quite fascinating to see just when the appropriate moment where we need to offer respect, the <coughs> false ego covers the presence of the super soul, uh, the voice from the super soul will always be there to, to get up and pay respect. Anyone had the experience when you are about to do something wrong, you hear some warnings. You experience it. You hear some, hey, don't do that. It's, but we may choose to listen to the internal guidance from the Chaitya Guru because it's the Chaitya Guru sitting inside, it's manifesting outside as the spiritual master. But the covering of the false ego, in this case, uh, it is covering Lord Indra. So he did not offer respects to Vrishwati at that particular time, the appropriate time. The different ways one can do it, yesterday His Grace Parvati explained nicely depending on the time, place, and circumstances, how one can do it. It is said that one has to stand up and offer respects. So with men we do uh, Ashtanga Pranam, falling like a stick in front of the spiritual master. So when you are doing it, the the hands, two hands, your uh, forehead, your chest, your uh, hips, your legs, all of that, that's why it's Ashtanga Pranam. So the hands, both the hands have to be uh, touching the feet of the person who you are trying to offer respects to. So this is a point that we can keep in mind when we are paying obeisances, men, ashtanga, the two hands have to be on the floor and in your mind you are touching the feet of the person who you are trying to offer obeisances to. For various reasons if we have things in our hands, when offering obeisances, we can keep them aside and try to offer obeisances with the two hands. There's an injunction where one should not offer obeisances with one hand. Why? Because then it becomes one, the anga ashtanga is one becomes less. Women offer chaturanga namaskar. So if you're using only one hand, it becomes um, sorry, women offer Panchanga Namaskar. So if you use only one hand, then it becomes Chaturanga. So this is the injunction given by the Lord that this is how it needs to be done. And these are coming to us in the form of uh, the Vedas scriptural teachings. So one must be mindful of um, the physical action that he is doing, why is he doing it and who is he doing it for. And when we are paying obeisances, uh, the hands touch the person's feet. So the feet are going to be placed close by, so you don't offer obeisances with hands wide apart, you try to keep it close so that one hand 
The right hand touches the right feet of the person you're trying to offer obeisance to, the left hand touches the left feet of the person who you're trying to offer obeisance to. So keep it at that <coughs> uh, distance. And in your mind, even if the person who you are trying to offer obeisance to is not physically close to you, in your mind, you assume that he is standing in front. And that's the internal move. So you have an external action, which also has to be proper. <coughs> Ashtanga for men, Panchanga for women. And then there is an internal mood for offering um, obeisances. Now, how long would it have taken for Lord Indra to get up and offer obeisances? Just a moment. He gets up, offers obeisances, chants the Pranam Mantra, and then greets, welcomes him. It would have not taken more than a couple of minutes. So, during that period that you want to pay obeisances, but then the false ego is saying, you don't have to come on your the Lord of the demigods. All of that is going on and then that particular moment passes. So your spiritual master doesn't have to, he's not obliged that he should wait and receive your respects. It is said that um, a spiritual master is not materially obliged <coughs> to take all those respects. Whether you give or not, if he is not affected by it, he is not obliged that he should wait uh, and receive your respect. Whereas the other way around, um, the disciple has a spiritual obligation that um, he has to pay those respects at the appropriate time. So here we see this uh, appropriate moment has passed and now Indra is starting to realize the gravity of the mistake that he has done. That's why in the morning we sing Yasya Prasada Bhagavad Prasada Yasya A Prasada Na Gati Kutopi So verse 10 talks about Indra quickly understanding, immediately could understand the mistake. So here we see one side Mithaspati, the uh, guru of the demigods. He is seeing the imminent uh, future of Indra suffering. Brihaspati checks himself not to curse Indra. He leaves the assembly. This um, reminds me of the, another episode where a person of a superior position, uh, he was in the assembly and then he was also cursed and he checked, he did not uh, react. Um, he heard harsh words from a person who was in a bit inferior position but he checked this and then he did not speak and he walked away. Do you collect any such? Past life in the Bhagavatam, Lord Shiva. He did not. And Daksha was speaking ill about him in the first instance. He did not. He just walked out of the assembly. Um, in that case, uh, Lord Shiva was not obliged to stand up or pay respects because he was meditating on Vasudev. So he was meditating on Lord Vasudeva and he was paying respects to all living beings, the super soul inside those living beings also. So when we are paying respects, we are actually paying respects not only to the physical form of the person, but also the spirit soul and the super soul inside, <coughs> inside them. 
So, uh, Lord Shiva did not speak and he walks away. So, here we can see Brihaspati doing the same thing. He left the assembly and in silence returned to his home. So, this whole scene is unfolding and uh, as Brihaspati is walking away, Indra realizes the mistake. Now, he started the process of condemning himself in the presence of all the members of assembly. So, when a mistake is made, um, for you to come back to senses, uh, it takes a bit of a time and during that time, the appropriate uh, time for offering respect to the past. So, later he starts condemning himself because this, this respect is done in the assembly of other demigods. When you disrespect someone in the assembly of others, it is said that you have to pay, uh, ask forgiveness from the person in private and also, if possible, in public, where you have actually done the uh, mistake. Because I remember um, attending this session by His Holiness Bhakti Bhagat Bhagavad Maharaj, where he discussed a complex scenario. <coughs> where you offended a Vaishnava and before you could ask forgiveness the Vaishnava returns back to the abode of the Lord. So you can't ask forgiveness from him, he is gone to the abode of the Lord. But you have committed a mistake and that you have made a mistake offending him in public and then that devotee you can ask for forgiveness and then the devotee um, returns to his to the abode of the Lord, then what will you do? So at that time Maharaj was explaining that to the well wishes of the devotee who who has passed away and who you have offended, you need to go and express the current situation, the gravity of the mistake that you have done. Um, then As a matter of glorifying the devotee, you should call all the other Vaishnavas, um, glorify him in the assembly and also accept the mistake that you have done to that devotee, the gravity of the mistake that you have done. And then, um, in front of the picture of the devotee who you have offended and who has passed away, you can pay your respects and beg for forgiveness and also you have to do it in public. So, that was the point that uh, Maharaj was making. Um, so, here we can see the mistake done in public. And Lord Indra is also starting to repent uh, and condemning himself. This Anuthapa, the heat of the repentance, brings tears in the eyes of the person who committed the offense. So one is, one is going through that heat of Anutapa, Tapa is fever. Um, that feverish condition, um, that brings tears in his eyes and you start to repent, you um, condemn yourself, you condemn your actions, your mentality, all that, because action the manifestation of that internal mentality. What was going on inside is manifesting outside. If he could have, Indra could have checked, no, um, I should, however elevated I am, uh, my spiritual master is about me. <coughs> so I should offer respect to him. So that moment has passed, he did not um, do that action, proper action. And therefore now he is uh, condemning himself in the presence of the members of the assembly. So he uh, lists the reasons lack of intelligence, pride and material opulence. So high birth causing pride, high position causing pride and then having a lot of opulence that also leading to pride. 
That is why those who don't have it, they are in a better position. And that's what Mother Kunti prays. Chanmaishwarya Sudashri Vidhi Etamahatakumaha Naivata Abhidatumvai Vam Akinchana Kocharam One who is proud of his Janma, Aishwarya, or his wealth, of his, um, of his learning, his learning ability, wealth, and his followers, he cannot feel of a prayer to you. Whereas a person who is deprived of all of this, he can feelingly offer prayers. Vam Akinchana Gocharam. So Mother Kunti is addressing the Lord Vam, you my Lord, um, you are the protector and valuation and the possession of this Akinchana Gocharam. They don't have any of these possessions. Janma, Aishwarya, Shuddha, Shri. But if they really are the prayer, so you are their possession. Here we can see um, Indra <coughs> condemning himself. I, I have all of this. Because of it, I have all of this, they acted as curtains and they have blocked my vision. And because of that, I failed to offer respect. And I am in a position of a leader. So verse 13 is talking about the internal dialogue, the, the false ego giving reasons. One who is situated in an exalted throne of a king should not stand up to show respect to another king or a drama. So the internal tug of war is going on and the reason given by false ego, which is motivated, which is fueled by Intelligence, pride, material opulence, even though it's situated in the mode of goodness. Uh, so, fueled by all of these, the false ego gives a reason that was stated in yesterday. It was one who is situated on the exalted throne of a king should not stand up to show respect to another king or a ground. So, here is the typical internal struggle of the sadhaka. We can see that he has um, faith in the Lord. He knows the proper etiquette. Um, but sometimes, due to his attraction towards sense gratification, he is pulled on the other side. His spiritual wisdom becomes overcome by all these curtains. And then he commits a mistake. But he condemns himself. It is, um, it is said that um, when such a devotee condemns himself and comes back and uh, repents and takes proper action, such a person is eligible to continue practicing his uh, sadhana. This is a difficult struggle that goes inside a sadhaka. And Lord Krishna and Lord Kanto, um, the verse which begins with Jata Shraddo Mankatasu Nirvina Sarvakarnashu. In that verse, Lord Krishna in the translation, he encourages that the sadhaka should not shy away from this kind of a tabako which goes between his faith, his knowledge of proper etiquette, um, his practice of bhakti that he is doing against his previous samskars, his um, lower nature and the circumstances that are pulling him. So there will always be a tug of war. So one should not doubt the process. One should not give up the process. But one should understand that 
the power can be so high that it is much higher than the amount of um, unwanted things that I have in my heart. So, uh, I will this statement. Uh, don't tell Krishna how much problems you have or how big your problems are. Tell to your problems that how big Krishna is, how big the crossover bhakti is. So, the Sarada should not shy away from this kind of a tug of war which goes on where he is pulled between his own divine and demoniac nature. Here we see um, Lord Indra, he is born, he, to get to the position of Indra is not that easy. He must have been situated in the mode of goodness, done so many austerities, pious activities for many lifetimes. And then now he has acquired that position. Being situated in the mode of goodness, that's what Indra says himself. But in the material world, the mode of goodness is not always pure. There is always a hint of passion and ignorance. So therefore, there is always a struggle, even at the level of demigods. So, coming back to this point where Krishna encourages the Sadaka to go on with his struggle with determination, with more enthusiasm. Um, and the, in that section, there is also this. Um, he encourages the sadhaka, who is an Ajitendriyaha, Prayaha Pradupaya Bhaktya, Vishaya Nabi Guyate. That's the second half of the verse. Yeah, so Nabi is to recall the entire verse. The sadhaka is Ajitendriyaha. He has not controlled his senses, um, but he is continuing. So, the purport describes that a warrior is fighting the battle and he is, being, he is fighting vigorously, but the arrows that are striking him are so harsh that at some stage he is bewildered. He, doesn't know what to do. Um, whether should I continue fighting or just give up? At the time we said that Krishna encourages that one should not shy away from the struggle. Hmm. It's interesting that um, when um, Indra is trying to kill Kutrasura, Vritrasura um, will actually encourage Indra. Because the weapon is that Indra will try and everything Vritrasura will smash. At that time, when as the weapons are falling from Indra's hands and it is becoming useless, Indra will lose his morale to fight. At that time, Vritrasura will encourage Indra, saying, Pick up your weapon. I have faith in that weapon. Use that weapon to kill me. It will certainly work because it is um, taken from one of the serious bones and so they make a whole weapon. The Dichi, yes, thanks. So, the Sarvaka who is studying is hit by those weapons and Krishna is encouraging that even if you are hit by that, you are not able to control your senses, put faith in the process, um, continue with determination and renewed enthusiasm. There it is said that the warrior takes those arrows which are piercing his body, takes it away, puts it down and then picks up the sword and again runs, goes ahead. For fighting. Praya Prakalpaya Bhaktya. So, such a devotee, he will not be, in the end, he will be victorious. He will not be overcome by sense gratification. 
So that describes the um, internal struggle which goes on in, in, this, in the life of a sadhaka. Now, for a sadhaka to um, go on this struggle, and he needs a person who has the knowledge of the scriptures and who is going to take you to the right boat. And that person is the spiritual master. So in the um, items of bhakti, the first three items are like mandatory. What are those items? Taking shelter of the spiritual master. Then, when you take shelter and then the next step is Diksha. So the word Diksha is Divyagyam Shatayati. So the, the word Divyagyam from there, the word D is taken. Shatayati is one who destroys ignorance. And um, Iksha means one who gives the eyes by which you can see the proper um, you can see the word um, as it is and you can see the spiritual world, you can see the spiritual process, you can practice. So he gives that guru guru gives that that's why it's called Diksha. Your ignorance is destroyed and you get a vision to see matter, spirit, the Lord, what's your connection, what's your relationship with the material world, what's your relationship with the Supreme Lord, what's your relationship with the other living entities. So, here we see the famous verse, Dehma, Yem, Sulabam, Sudurlabam, Plavam, Sukalpam, Guru Karina Dharam. Other forms of life, like a dog or a hog, can, they cannot take up a spiritual concept. But the human form of life is said to be uh, the good boat. And the spiritual master who is opening the eyes to the torchlight of knowledge. So you take shelter, then you get initiated, that's the second step. Then you serve him with Vishramvena, Guru of Seva. You serve him with faith, confidence and in a friendly mood. This friendly mood is uh, not like a friend as in body and but the mentality is more friendly with faith in the words. So the faith in the spiritual master will improve, will increase to the extent that you hear his words. That's why the whole, the, the whole process um, within this one to, to take shelter, then continue the process of hearing. You get initiated. Now, at the time of initiation, what you receive uh, is the Bhakti Lata Beach. The seed of devotion. Now, Nectar of Devotion and Bhakti Samhita they describe that the potential for doing bhakti, the bhava, the emotions are there, that potential is there in every person. The spiritual master sees this potential and those who are more serious, then he allows them to take shelter, you are more serious, more committed, then you are given diksha. At the time of diksha, this is what you receive is that bhakti lata. So, in the section where um, the creeper of devotion and all of that is discussed. So, the bhakti lata is described. What is it that exactly, what am I receiving on the day of initiation? Is this bhakti lata beach? And the purport explains that you are receiving from the spiritual master the correct methods, the correct rules, and the regulations. 
Because spiritual master is the one who is able to tell you from the scriptures these are the rules that you need to follow, these are the prohibitions that you need to avoid. So, the potential is there for Bhagavatam everybody. But the spiritual master gives you the methods, the tools, the rules and the regulations. Vidhi Nisheda. So that you can practice it. That's what it means to accept him as a captain. So you follow his directions. And within the Vedas, within the Vedas you have rules. Vidhi and Nisheda. Prohibitions and regulations which you need to follow, with what you need to follow, what you need to avoid. It is a spiritual master who tells you, who gives you these are the set of rules that you need to follow, these are the prohibitions that you need to avoid. And that will make sense why the prohibitions we recite them at the day of taking initiation. I will avoid four things. What are the four things? What will you avoid? What are you committing to? No meat eating. No intoxication. No intoxication. No gambling. No illicit sex. Okay, so that's the prohibition. So what is the regulation? What what else do you come to? Sixteen rounds. Minimum sixteen rounds of chanting. So you speak. So that's what you are committing to and the Vidhi and Nishade are given. That's what you receive, Bhakti Lata Beach. That's what constitutes the Bhakti Lata You should know what we are receiving from the captain. And one has to faithfully execute that. So at the time of this year, this is what uh, is happening. Then the captain tells you the favorable winds. They tell you this is favorable, this is unfavorable. Now, Nectar Devotion describes that the uh, inspiration to practice bhakti actually comes from the Lord. But it um, gets channelized through the spiritual master. And he tells you how to channel your energy, your inspiration, your motivation. How do you engage your body? How do you engage your mind? How do you engage your words? How do you not engage your body, not engage your mind, not engage your words? So he gives his prohibitions and rules from the scriptures. Because the topmost of all of that, the essence of all of that is Smartavya Satatam Vishnu, Vismartavyona Jatsit Sarvesheshu Etayon Eva Kinkara. Always remember Krishna, never forget him. This is the essence. So, you see, the instructions which are coming to you, do this, don't do this. These things, when you follow, it will enhance your remembrance of Krishna. And these actions, when you do, they will take away the remembrance of Krishna. It will make you forget Krishna. So, the prohibition rules are there in the scripture that is acting as a favorable wind. And then the spiritual master as a captain helps you to maneuver your boat in this material existence so that you can reach the other side up to the extent of going up to the Vaitarani river which is at the um, border of material and the spiritual world and go past it, enter the spiritual world and do favorable service to the Lord. And this is what the spiritual master does. And that's what he gives in the time of initiation. <clears throat> and the disciple agrees to stick to the words of the captain so that he can maneuver his boat properly. Taking a few steps back, how did I get to this point where I put faith in the words and I come to this point of accepting a spiritual master and all that? What is happening in the background is that 
the topic of faith is one of the words we mean is there. Shraddha, who place faith in? How are you able to place the faith in a particular person and you're dedicating your whole life? What has happened before? That's a, uh, the steps before that is you um, must have definitely done some pious activities. Those pious activities which will facilitate your bhakti. It's called bhakti unmukha shukruti. Those uh, pious actions which are going to lead you to gain bhakti are called as bhakti unmukha shukruti. Because you can do pious activities to elevate yourself to heaven, you can give charity, give clothing, and all that thing builds up your material piety. But if you do the same thing to a sadhu, to a Vaishnava, to a uh, Vishnu temple, you are giving funds or you are protecting the sadhus. Depending on your situation in the Varnashrama, as a Kshatriya you, you might have given shelter or you have protected a sadhu, Vaishnava saint, or as a Vaishya, you would have given a donation to Vishnu temples, or you have fed the Vaishnava saints, <coughs> or as a Shudra, you might have rendered some menial service to the Vaishnava saints. So it keeps building up, building up, building up, and it reaches a point uh, where it matures to faith. Now, before it matures to faith, you are doing it, these activities, without knowing that you are building Bhakti Sukriti. That's why it's called Agyata Sukriti. Gyata means knowingly doing. Gyata Sukriti. Agyata Sukriti means unknowingly doing all these activities. At this point, you are not actively seeking the association of the sadhus. So they come to your place and they give that association and you protect them or you serve them or whatever it is. And you may unknowingly go to a Vishnu temple for some donation or unknowingly donate money to sadhus. Unknowingly you are doing it. Matures and reaches a point of faith and then these steps follow. You take among the sadhus who you continuously hear, you pick up one, you ask them if they can accept you in their shelter, then the diksha and serving with faith. Now after diksha, what happens is you actively do sadhu sangha. You actively, uh, after shraddha, I'm sorry, after shraddha and sadhu sangha, the difference of the sadhu sangha earlier and the sadhu sangha after gaining faith is that after faith is mature, you go out and actively seek sadhu sangha. Uh, I want to hear these lectures. I want to go to temple. Which, which means that the faith is matured enough that you are actively seeking because earlier you are not actually seeking. That's why uh, when the disciples of Prabhupada ask how did we get the Sukriti, Prabhupada says, I gave you the Sukriti. Because Prabhupada, no one from the US sponsored Prabhupada to come and visit them and do spiritual lectures or give thoughts. He, on his on the instruction of his spiritual master and inspired by um, the six Goswamis and the order of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. You can see how the mercy of Mahaprabhu flows to the heart of the six Goswamis uh, where Mahaprabhu transfers that mercy, gives it to the Srila Goswami and Sanatana Goswami, that's why we have Sanatana Siksha and Rupa Siksha. And when Srila Prabhupada was in the Radhadam of the temple and doing his bhajan, doing his austerities, it is said that those who were living with Sila Prabhupada in that temple at that particular time, they uh, have seen and they have heard how Prabhupada was intensely praying in the early morning hours to get the mercy of the six Goswamis. Especially Sila Goswami, he used to speak the quarters, um, the Samadhi, pray for mercy, and Rupa Goswami appears to Srila Prabhupada and encourages him to go to the best. 
So that's why we see the mercy transferring from Mahaprabhu to to the six Goswamis, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, from Sanatana and Rupa Goswami's heart, it gets transferred to Srila Prabhupada. He is also getting instructions by Srila Prabhupada Siddhanta blessings he gets. Um, and then he, Srila Prabhupada, travels to the west and he goes and gives his association. No one called him, no one sponsored him. And paid for his flight. He took a boat. He took that biggest risk because he is fully surrendered. So the um, the symptoms of surrender is that one of the symptoms is Krishna, Vishwasha, Bhagavan. No matter what circumstances, Krishna will So, exhibiting all of that qualities of surrender, he Prabhupada comes to the West, sees the um, the gravity of the situation that he is in. That's why we have the word songs that he writes. Um, My dear Lord, you have put them in the mode of passion and eagerness. And if you so desire, you can only believe them. And I am not qualified. You make my words um, powerful enough to cut through this passion and things and deliver them. So here we see the so Prabhupada going and actively giving his Sangha, his association, and thereby, after many uh, years of struggle, where he himself has to cook, clean, go out, all of that he is doing in the West. Then some he is distributing mercy. So imagine eating prasad cooked by Sri Prabhupada's hands, supported like that. That goes in his bullets. As you can see, bullets are going and they are in fire. And it's having the effects of the Western devotees there as Swamiji can help you. Can you doing all this for yourself? Can we help you? Alright. There are things that should are very smart at now, what goes in, the prasada, is consciousness, goes in and that transforms the person. Because the internal, what goes in, it affects your consciousness. Um, there's a quote in the, um, in the sixth chapter of the Gita, someone says, the effect of consciousness, uh, the effect of the food, how it affects the consciousness. Purified, the consciousness becomes purified. Because they have been eating from the hands of Prabhupada, they're getting all of that, coming and hearing. And now they're asking, can we help you? What can we do? So then that it begins. There's also a past time where um, in the 22nd Avenue, when the um, Prabhupada was giving a talk, and a man in his rags, he walks in. Uh, people, other devotees are a bit concerned, he comes near and then he is carrying uh, some toilet tissue. So he goes to the toilet to see toilet tissue is there and goes. So Prabhupada says, see, he has begun. He has begun his process. So it, it accumulates all of this Sukriti accumulates, accumulates, bhakti related Sukriti accumulates and then he mentions to faith and then we saw the um, the whole process, how you take up uh, shelter, diksha, and then Vishnambhaya, Guru Seva. Here is where uh, we can understand that the Western um, civilization, how much propaganda is going on to promote the material boat, which is described in purport that the material board, so much propaganda is going on, and if you see the number, if you just go by the numbers, so the amount of people who are advertising, propagating all of this material enjoyment, they are in one side. And here is a Sadhu, Vaishnava saint, coming from the way, from India, from Vrindavan, the purity of just one person versus the entire 
propagate out of the rest. And if you see the numbers, with one person, Chanapadipaka goes and repeats all of them. Why? Because what he is speaking is the absolute truth. What others are giving is the, their own opinions, their, their own interpretations, their own mundane um, promotion of the material enjoyment. So one person goes and speaks the absolute truth and repeats all of them and convinces um, these devotees in the Western body to take up the process. And their faith shifts from the material, the stone boat, the solid boat of um, the process of bhakti. So here it says, um, unfortunately, although American people are extremely eager to get out of the material chaos, they are sometimes found to patronize the makers of stone boats. That will not help them. They must take the proper boat offered by Krishna in the form of the Krishna consciousness movement. So this Shraddha you placing faith in. So earlier they were placing faith in the stone boat due, um, due to the materialistic propaganda fueled by political diplomacy. One nation manually against another. This line reads like a prophecy. It's happening right now. One nation maneuvering against another. So when Prabhupada was writing all of this, the uh, youth in the US, they are not in favor of the Vietnam War. So it, it is really like a prophecy now where we see two nations uh, fighting against each other, guided by political diplomacy. The solution is the boat offered by Krishna in the form of Krishna consciousness movement. <coughs> so, the Prabhupada changes the faith of the people in the West from their materialistic way of life. Because why are you doing it? Because you have faith in that. If you, you think that that's the purpose of life and that's the aim of life. It's called Sapala Shukra. Um, it leaves you high and dry, it, leaves, it makes you big promises but delivers a little. The Prabhupada goes and gives the experience of bhakti, which is the higher pace, and changes the fate of the Western devotees from materialistic enjoyment to the spiritual path. That he does through the um, scriptures of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. That's why the second purpose of ISKCON, the first purpose is to um, propagate, educate, and give spiritual techniques to check the imbalance of the society at large and thereby unite them. The second purpose is to be, be doing all this not based on your fertile imagination but based on Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. That's why Prabhupada is glorifying Bhagavad Gita here. The dream of these instructions appear in the form of Bhagavad Gita. Sarvokanshadokao Dokha Gopalamana. So is there in the Bhagavad Gita? One should not take shelter of any other instructions, for Bhagavad Gita gives direct instructions on how to fulfill the aim of human life. That's why it's, it's there in the, in the seven purposes uh, to check the imbalance of the society, and you're doing it based on Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. Thereby, you can understand and fulfill the mission of human life, understand the aim of life, understand who God is, and understand and fulfill the human mission. So that's the learned lessons from uh, the actions of Lord Indra. Indra is going through a situation 
our town may come anytime or we might be committing the same mistakes ourselves. It's good to learn from others' mistakes. We saw the internal talk of God, the struggling sadhaka, Bhagavan has to go on. The voice of the divine and the voice of the demoniac which comes inside you. <coughs> Once you <coughs> take shelter of the spiritual master, excuse me. <coughs> You strengthen your divine side, you weaken your demonian side, and you take up more serious bhakti than how we saw. We saw how we progress, how the Shraddha matures from Atyata Sukhuti to uh, faith, then you actively see Sadhu Sangha, then what you receive is the bhakti of the peace, which are the methods, the rules, and the regulations. What to do, what not to do, so that you always remember Krishna and never forget him. We also saw the, uh, the power of the spiritual master, the spiritual board that he has, the potency carried by Shri Prabhupada to transform the people in the West and the potency of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavad. So I'll conclude here and see if there are any questions or more questions. Yeah, that's